step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Now, you're in the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy and guest co-host Sal Licata. Busy show already. Sandy Alderson, Todd Frazier have joined. We will have Mike Vorkanov covers the Knicks for the Athletic coming up at 8.35. Play a little What's Worse with our producer, Joba Boots Kersey at 8.20, as we like to do uh, every night around here. But, uh, you know, following up on some of what Todd Frazier had to say, uh, first of all, a long offseason, as we know, for a lot of these players, Sal, and it continues for many of them, many of the top free agents in the game. You Darvish, Jake Arrieta, Eric Hosmer, J.D. Martinez. Uh, these were the guys expected to get the nine-figure contracts, and it is February 7th. We're a week from pitchers and catchers, and many of them remain unsigned. Todd Frazier did manage to sign here under the wire, probably for a lot less than he and his representatives thought he might get and here was Frazier on you know the offseason process and trying to stay patient through it yeah no I mean let's not sugarcoat it It was frustrating it really was uh it's just one of those things where I'm calling my agent Brody all the time hey man what's going on with you I got nothing I got nothing there you know these teams are talking and eventually you know things started picking up with a lot of teams and uh we figured something out and this was definitely the best fit and uh those those 90 guys right now we're definitely thinking about you, and um, you know I know Tony Tony Clark is doing his best job to uh, figure some things out too as well. And your agent Brody, he he got into it last week uh, on Twitter. Yes, very passionate guy, man. He's got my back. I got his, and uh, you know he's just one of those guys where you know he put upon himself to write something out there, and um, you know I respect him for it, and that's why I love the guy because you know sometimes you know it's just what people are thinking, and then some people have to say it to get things going a little bit. Brody wrote the players were outraged and that uh, they were considering boycotting spring training, which is not something they're going to do now. And Tony Clark, uh, you know, said yesterday in a statement that they will all be showing up. But you know, this is the early stages of what you hope doesn't become something ugly between you know the players and the owners. But you continue to hear little snippets of it. Whether you know, I talked with Jay Bruce after he signed, and, and the frustration of a long off season. Even Jacob Degrom asked him about it, and he called it interesting about four times. But clearly, these guys are paying attention. Yeah, and things need to change with the system. I mean, I don't you know, Frazier Ansi wants to get going, so he's happy he has a job. But something needs to change with the system, no question about it. Before it becomes a bigger issue. The sport cannot deal with another labor dispute. No, nobody wants uh, anything to do with that. And as far as baseball goes with Todd Frazier, you had fun back and forth with him when uh, you were critical and told him that you've been critical of his low batting average over the years. Yeah, it's not where I want to be. I mean, if we want to speak truthfully, that's uh, it's not the biggest thing at the end of the day. I know my on-base percentage went really high this year where, where it needs to be and even better mm-hmm. um my walk weight was up uh, you know every year it's you know something you know you're not going to get all the all the stats you want but you know last couple of years you know if i do get back to 245 you know i mean maybe that's 10 15 more rbis maybe it's 10 15 more hits and uh you know clutch it so uh yeah no definitely that's one thing i want to work on and, and uh you know that helps 
get games and win. So, I mean, for you to be critical about that, that's fair. That's fair to say. But at the end of the day, it's not, you know, the biggest thing that I worry about. I worry about, you know, doing little things and um, getting on base. I think that's a, a big part of uh, the game as well. Yeah, and I bring it up because I know you can handle it. I can tell by your accent. I mean, okay. obviously you're a tri-state guy, so we'll be, you know, we'll be okay, real with each other here. Now, I know, Todd, I was, <laughs> I, I was reading, too, that you like to write, uh, I guess, goals each season, heading into each season. For me, is this fair for you? 250, 25, and 100. Something you never did. You haven't driven in 100 uh, runs yet. 250, 25 homers, 100. Like that. Is that fair? I like that, but I, I, I like to set my goals a little higher. So how about like 275, about 35, and we'll go 35 and a hunch. That sounds better. <laughs> Love Let's it. Go. Sign me up. I'm getting a Todd Fraser <laughs> jersey, baby. Bargain. Uh, so yeah, There we go. 35 and a hunch. I love it, man. But how about that, Pete? The idea now he's from here, so it's a little different. Well, I like it when we say, oh, you're from here, so we could be real with each yeah, other. you can handle he, it. Exactly. He dug that. You can tell by his accent that, I mean, we all know by now he's from New Jersey. We get it, Tom Driver, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but we all know, you heard his accent, and you know he's going to be able to handle that. You could tell by the press conference that he had out there at City Field today. So, yeah, let's just be honest. Let's be real with it. And he puts the bigger bullseye on his back by up in the ante with those numbers. So, uh, he won me over. Now, the next thing is you got to go out there and actually produce. But we know he's got the attitude. You like his energy. You like his accountability. All those different things from Todd Frazier. Yeah, and you know, he's going to be the media darling. We're going to like interviewing him, right? right? And that, that's going to be something that he does bring to the table. And look, you know, we're the media. Sometimes, you know, need interviews, need uh, somebody to explain a bad loss. He's going to be able to do that and, and take some of the pressure off some of the other you know, well, players. So we've seen over the years. It's the I remember where Jeff Francoeur was a man. It was every day that he had to explain some loss that the Mets had, and he became like the team spokesman. Uh, and it's nice if you have a couple of different guys that could step up, be accountable, and play that role. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not worried about. I know I'm technically, I guess, a member of the media. Yeah. I don't care if a guy never talks to me for the rest <laughs> of his days. You hit 300, you hit 30 homers, you drive in 100 runs, you win some ball games. I'm fine with that. Don't ever mm-hmm. talk to me. You could be the you know biggest curmudgeon uh, in the clubhouse as far as it goes with the media. I don't care. Just produce and win some ball games. But yeah, it's nice to have guys who are open and honest and fun and easy to talk to and all that. That helps. But ultimately, we've seen some of those guys who who don't hit and don't produce and they don't last anyway. Well, it goes to the leadership though, and you know someone who can put a player in his place if need be that can handle a dicey situation. Somebody that could step up. You know, I was impressed last year by Jacob Degrom. Remember when all the Terry Collins. Stuff was circulating at the end of the year, and DeGrom was pretty steadfast that there was no place for the anonymous sniping and a lot that occurred at the the end of last season. Nah, that stuff, I mean, come on. I know we've heard about bad clubhouses. Look, I think ultimately, well... I'm just saying it was good to see DeGrom step into that role, and now now you start to look at the Mets clubhouse, and I, I think Sandy Alderson, he told me earlier this offseason, Mickey Calloway is going to be the biggest difference as terms of clubhouse leadership but they did bring back Jay Bruce they do have Todd Frazier in there now we'll see how much David Wright is around if at all this season but you feel better about the people that are in that room and that things won't devolve in the way they did last year well Callaway told us earlier on in the offseason that you know, obviously he's going to be somewhat of a leader, but ultimately he wants to build a clubhouse where the guys inside that clubhouse hold themselves and each other 
accountable. That's yes. the biggest success. Now, I, look, I've heard some stories about Frazier rubbing some guys the wrong way. I mean, including his former teammate Jay Bruce. So I, I'm not what, in Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, that's when they played together. So yeah. I don't, I don't know anything. I'm just hearing this stuff secondhand, and that's what, so you never know. Okay, you could hear all the great clubhouse things, but I heard that maybe sometimes the same way with Reyes, right? Sometimes that over aggression, that over energetic happiness could rub certain people the wrong way. Now, who's to say what's right or wrong? Yeah, well, six months every day together, uh, everyone's going to drive you nuts course, at some point, Of right? course, you're going to have some issues. So. That's why we do once a week. Yeah. <laughs> Right, five days a week, and they may not be able to take each other. But, you know, who, so who knows ultimately how it's going to be. I do like the attitude of Todd Frazier. You mm-hmm. hope that other guys don't get rubbed the wrong way by that, you know, But he's grown up, too. I mean, think about it. If you're talking about Cincinnati, that's when he was just coming up in the game. We've seen him with the Yankees last year join that team midseason. That's the only time I really watched him, you know, relatively closely. And he seemed to become a, a leader in that clubhouse relatively quickly and made a, a nice adjustment there in the Bronx. Well, let me ask you this. Who's the who's in the wrong? The guy with an attitude and I don't you know, we could use them specifically, but you could say a, a guy with an attitude like Frazier or Reyes or a guy like an attitude who gets rubbed by or gets rubbed wrong by those type guys. Well, who's the better player? Yeah. <laughs> That's the bottom line. But I do think, look, I like his attitude. I like his energy. I don't feel like guys should take offense to that type of outgoing per- personality. No, you, you need a mix. Get and, yeah. and sometimes we've thought, you know, the Mets have been quiet and you might have said soft. That wouldn't be a word that I would use. But I think Frazier will add a little bit of uh, toughness yeah. and, and a different kind of personality. I'm glad to the you group. brought that up because I did forget about that. There was a missing element to this team. Yeah. They just didn't have a jaw. I, I did think they were soft. A lot of those guys were soft, especially without David Wright being in there with nobody to really, you know, get them moving here. Grab by the neck. Hey, let's go. We could do this. And Frazier mm-hmm. may be that type of guy. I don't. I don't think Bruce was that type of guy. I mean, I don't really see anybody else in that clubhouse being that type of guy i feel like uh, frazier will be that guy all right we'll have uh joba boots kersey our producer in here play a little what's worse with him when we come back it's the sports zone with pete mccarthy salicata on the voice of new york 710 wor we're back in the wor sports zone here's pete mccarthy and guest co-host sal licata it is 8.20 time now for a little what's worse as we bring in our esteemed producer, Joe Baboots Kersey. How we doing tonight, Baboots? Nah. <laughs> what? Why are you just saying? Nah. All right. I That's think a- it's the weather. Plus, I'm afraid when I come in here, I'm going to get the flu from Pete. I'll give you the flu. Then you have issues now. Oh, I mean, my God. I'm, I'm just, that, that, last, worried. that last segment was one of the most difficult radio I mean, segments I've had to do in my life. We're just falling apart at the seams here. There's you okay a lot now? Of, a lot I of, mean, yeah, I'm all right now. I had a, a lot of health issues going on yeah. here. Oh, I think I'm healthy. I was fine. And all of a sudden, it hit me. My wife's dinner not hitting the spot exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Dangerous. <laughs> that far. Yeah. Right. I'm yeah. just saying. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of not hitting the spot. Pete's about to go on his honeymoon. He's got the, he's, the flu over here. I, I mean, don't I, have the flu. You guys stop with the flu. I had like I can't swine believe. flu yesterday. You guys got to calm down a little bit. I got a little, little like a cold or something. And you're just going to go, you know, where it's really great to harbor a flu, like an airplane. Like you're not going to get, that's you know, what I was telling people them. sick. <laughs> I got to get where I got to get, you know. What am selfish. I supposed to do? <laughs> well, speaking of uh, getting where you got to get, uh, well, let's talk about tomorrow. W-O-R Sports Zone. For God's sakes, don't make it any worse. What's worse? All right, let's cue it up all together. Come on, are you ready? Goals fly oh, yeah. on the road to victory. All right. 
the biggest <laughs> Eagles fan in the world Bring now. it down, Mark. Bring it down. We don't want to hear you that. You couldn't be happy with that result. Absolutely not. Are you oh, kidding okay, me? Yeah, okay. Oh, you were, though, me? Oh, Pete, oh, I was thrilled. Kidding. Jet yeah, fans. Yeah. If I knew the song, I'd sing it. I'm just making sure. That's not like they song. stole the whole, you know, spelling of the team thing, you know? Mm. It's kind of the J-E-T-S thing. Anyway, the Eagles fans tomorrow... As if they didn't do enough to destroy the city that they supposedly love. <laughs> I know you love our city's great. Let's tear it down. Mm. I mean, it makes no sense to me why winning a championship makes you want to go start fires and loot wawas and jump on awnings of hotels. Stupid you ever been to a bachelor party? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's and I've never different. acted like no, that. No, no, no. It only takes one or two guys that are a little off the rails, and then you have everybody hyped up on alcohol. Oh, Everybody's stop. excited Pete, to be Pete, around, please. and then stop. you never know where it ends up going. First and this is all, like on steroids with thousands mm, and thousands of people right. at Super Bowl. This is how it happens. I can't take happens. this seriously. This is it coming, happens everywhere. No, this is coming from the guy who the last par- bachelor party he went to, they played laser tag. Okay? Uh, please, <laughs> stop. Stop. Don't talk to me about bachelor parties. Go. This is a, a list. Uh, that I obtained from the Philadelphia Police Department of some of the arrests that they made uh, early Monday morning, uh, Sunday night, Monday morning. Uh, from, like this guy, John Rigsby, who is busted for helping flip a 2017 Nissan Rogue during the mayhem, along with six others. Why do you need to overturn a car after you win a Super Bowl? Well, that's just cliche, Why right? did, <laughs> The first um, thing you do is flip the cars. Why was it necessary for this Alexander, I can't even pronounce his last name, uh, for drunkenly banging on police shields and then bull-rushing officers on the police line and then getting charged with he disorderly thought he conduct? He playing for the Eagles in the football Why game. Why did Ruben Garrido... Uh, remove his belt and swing it over his head and lacerate some guy's face who was oh standing next to him. And then, uh, you know, still holding the belt when the cops approached him and said he didn't do it. Uh, <laughs> uh, why it did Mark Thompson uh, beat the hell out of an uh, Associated Press cameraman who was trying to film these idiots in Philadelphia acting like animals? Why did Malcolm Cox throw a bottle at a police car and then run and then get caught because you're too fat and slow and get charged with aggravated assault? This is what these people did. What is wrong with them? Not to mention the moron who gave me a great business idea. I know you have to go on your honeymoon, but Sal, if you're not busy tomorrow morning, Mm -hmm. I mean, I got the table. I got a little tent, a sign. We'll stop at a local farm and we'll sell horse crap (laughs) because apparently that's a delicacy down there in Philadelphia. Probably make a fortune. I hate to see what would happen if the Jets won a Super Bowl because oh, I don't think on, it would be that, that different. Has there been any? I, I don't know to compare. I mean, I know Philadelphia is awful, but was there similar stuff with whether it's Giants or Yankee parades? Were there no. any arrests like that? We no. don't know for sure. It's not comparable. The, the guy who ate the horse manure, did you see before he went down, he was like making sure his eagle scarf didn't touch it? Oh, no, I can't get it on yeah, my yeah, scarf, yeah, yeah. but then, you know, he could put yeah, lumps of it in his mouth. You know, just, it goes Disgusting. all in. I, can, I couldn't watch that video, and it was all over my Twitter feed. I, I, I couldn't stand that. But you can't compare the Eagles Super Bowl to anything the Giants or Yankees have done because none of these people have ever seen a Super Bowl championship. This is the number one thing they've been pining for yeah, but for generations. Now, wait a second. Hold on a second. The, the 99 percent of the morons who were behaving like this 
are probably 25 years old or under. I mean, they're not these they're are not born with suffering it. Eagles fans. But they are they hear the stories of it. They know how much it means to their dads. Maybe their dads aren't out there. Though. But they hear about it from the time they're in the crib. All we want is an Eagles championship. It's all yeah, we so want. What, that they, starvation is part of it. It's inbred in them. You know, Cubs fans don't have to live 108 years to understand that that's a, a big old drought that they had there yeah. in Chicago. You're going to blame swinging your belt and lacerating someone's face on daddy issues, Pete? Come on. I think people issues. are insane. And here's the what's worse. Here's the important thing that needs to be mentioned mm-hmm. before this parade tomorrow, which and they're expecting 2 million people. It's a five-mile route that goes from the stadium to the Rocky Steps. Mm. Uh, one good thing, the city of Philadelphia, free subway. For anyone in the city, but anyone what that about takes free Bud Light, the, isn't it like free? Well, Bud Light? that's that's what I'm getting to. Oh, oh, sorry. Free beer is going to be served at several local establishments, not just Bud Light, because Bud Light made a bet with one of the players and said that they would sell, uh, give away free beer. Uh, Yards, which is the local brewery down there, is like, well, we're the local guys. If Bud Light's doing it, we have to do it. So there's now two different options you can get to get free beer. As if the city isn't, you know, greasing poles. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm honeymooning I, in the wrong spot. That's what are, I hear. If you are, <laughs> should be down in Philly. If you're Let's a go. Philly cop or a firefighter or an EMS person or a sanitation worker, I mean, you have to take off or find the new career. You yeah, can't, you can't be a part tomorrow's of this. going to be a bad day in Philadelphia. That, I just don't get celebrating like that. I've never understood. Dude, that. if the Jets won a Super Bowl, I'm not saying I'm running out flipping cars, but I'm running like blocks. I'm running around the block like six times. Well, I'd have so much energy, and what am I supposed to do? Yay, we won. Yeah, but you are. Right, you drink. You drink beer. You run around. You, you burn off some energy. You don't go. You know, beating police shields down or climbing poles or jumping off hotels. Uh, what happens if you get a couple of idiots go, together? You're gonna go to the corner Seven Eleven and start raiding it, Pete. You're gonna steal all the you know pork rinds. Oh, I'm just saying, I'm gonna have a ton of energy. Like you can't. You're like a Yankee Giants guy, but boots. You don't. You've seen your teams win enough that you don't get the starvation that builds. Well, the Falcons won a Super Bowl. So a little how different. Are you a little different because I'm not in that city, well, right? Yes, so, if but even so, you understand what it would mean to you. Yeah, no, of course it'd be great. I'm trying to think if the Mets won the World Series, would you I, have I'm, the same euphoria as the Jets or no? I feel like baseball and football are just a little different in terms of the emotion. Is mm-hmm. that fair? The Jets, a Jets Super Bowl would mean more to me than a Mets World Series, and that's saying a lot. Well, but. let me tell you this: as a Falcons fan, whatever it may be, even the Mets, I, I would highly doubt I'd be drink. I didn't drink during the Super Bowl last year. I don't drink at playoff games. I wouldn't drink. I didn't you wouldn't drink have the a World crazy Series. amount of energy, adrenaline, and like just need something to do with it. It's Sunday night. It's ten o'clock. Like, what are you going to do with all that energy? Well, and you're with not, well, tens of thousands of other people with the same thing going on. You know, if you that's would, what's if, happening. If you weren't so cheap, you could. Drop the three or four grand to go to the Super Bowl and watch your team win it in person, but yeah. I'd still have the same mean problem. What would I do afterwards? Doesn't mean that much to you. What would I do afterwards? Doesn't mean that much to you. <laughs> I saw South lie down for a certain NFC Championship game two years ago. Yeah, lucky doesn't mean that much to you. Lucky Pete. I didn't go to the Super Bowl, but no, I, I'm so not watching the Jets lose for three grand. <laughs> maybe, Jets are never winning a Super Bowl. You can't relate to these people. <laughs> Oh, well, good luck getting everyone sick on your flight. I'm glad I'm not going to Australia tomorrow. You're such a germaphobe. Beware. Beware. No, LaGuardia. Nobody, Beware. Nobody gets... Wait, LaGuardia or JFK? Uh, JFK. Beware, JFK. Look out. As if there's not enough germs in that building to begin with. <laughs> Nobody's more scared of any kind of germ than Baboots. He's wiping himself with antibacterial, and I've never been around someone who gets sick more than you do.
Do you really get sick? I've never seen oh, him get sick. Oh, he's sick all the time. Oh. This is like the first time I've seen him in months where you don't have like something pouring I, out of your nose. I think you two are sick of each other. Maybe you could do a little uh, nice, <laughs> a nice little respite for the next next few weeks here. <laughs> Who knows? I might not be here when you get back. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Papa Boots! Uh, have a good trip. Oh, man. All right. Too. Chris Stapp's Porzingis is uh, not in a good place. He's next. in a worse place than Philadelphia, I Are guess. Are we doing this next? Yeah, we'll We've do got to talk Knicks. Yeah, All right. we'll get into it. Right. Uh, uh, Mike Borkanov covers the Knicks for the Athletic. We'll shed some perspective on what has happened with Chris Stapp's Porzingis. Torn ACL, done. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. For the remainder of the season. It's the Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy, Sal Licata on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. Now more of the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy and guest co-host Sal Licata. Miserable night for the New York Knicks last night. Worst case uh, scenario, Kristaps Porzingis tears his ACL. Done for the remainder of this season. And you got to think done for uh, part of next year as well as we bring in Knicks. The Athletic reporter, Mike Vorkanov. And Mike, uh, first of all, congratulations uh, on the new gig there at, at The Athletic. And right off the bat, uh, a big Knicks story here. I mean, listen, uh, you go back... The last 17 years of the Knicks, it's really been nothing but misery. But, I mean, is there a moment you could think of in recent Knicks history as as bad as that moment when Porzingis hits the hits the deck last night and is grabbing onto his left knee? I, it's kind of hard to find one, right? Uh, there's always been some kind of light at the end of the tunnel, even through all the, as you said, misery the last few years. Um, and this year, even when the Knicks were losing, it was, you know, the fact you had a burgeoning superstar to build around. And, uh, well, now they kind of lose that for the next 12 months. But, you know, <laughs> you, you don't, you assume he'll be back and he'll be, you know, at top form and all that. But it's just a big question mark. And it's just on a day-to-day basis, it takes away the ability to make sense to watch a star play, to, to watch someone as exciting as him, really. It just kind of, it, uh, it, it turns off the lights in the next 12 months or so there for the organization. And, um, you know, that's, that's tragic in its own regard when you talk about things compared to it. Uh, they, they're unwatchable as is. And now without Porzingis, forget it. And it just seems like here we go again, Mike. And if you're a Nick fan who has, you know, sustained the last 17 years of absolute disaster and ineptitude almost from every angle, last night has to be the white flag. I mean, surrender. That's it. The, the, the one hope that you had not only goes out for the rest of this year, but also part of next year in all likelihood. Mike, how does this franchise recover and get back on the right track after what happened with Porzingis? Yeah, I mean, look, it's obviously a big hit. Like, there's no, there's no escaping that, right? Um, in the very short term, as in the final 27 games of the year, it's rough. Uh, you see what Frank Nilekina is. Uh, you see, you know, what Tim Hardaway does as the number one player uh, on the team, and how much he validates the contract you give him. You watch how far down uh, the standings you drop and how high of a draft pick you can get, and that's about it. I, I mean, that that really is all you're watching for the rest of the year. Maybe at this point the Knicks are tenth in the in the lottery standing. Maybe they can get into the top five. Right there, they've been six and eighteen over the last twenty four games. 
So they've been pretty bad with Porzingis. Who knows how bad they'll be without him? And it's a good draft. and supposed to be deep at the top, so you can get someone potentially to pair with him. And uh, next year's not going to be great either, so you might get two high lottery picks uh, over the next few years, but along with Porzingis. And basically that's what you look forward to, and you, you hope that he comes back normal and you hope that he comes back in an orderly amount of time. And otherwise, I don't know, man. I don't know what else you look for. Seriously. And how confident are the Knicks? Is there anything we can, you know, look back basketball, a seven foot six guy who tears his ACL. Nothing is, you know, he's the unicorn for a reason. There's not a whole lot you can necessarily look at in the past, but I mean, how confident overall are the Knicks that this guy can come back and be what he's been? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's not a lot of comparison, right? Like, uh, he was unique of his own, and even though ACL tears are getting pretty common around sports, uh, there's no one that you can be like, all right, this is an easy analog for a seven foot three guy who can dunk and block shots and shoot threes and move as fluidly as he does. Uh, you know, at this point, you assume that modern medicine can get these guys back to where they were pre-injury, uh, but it's not guaranteed. If you look at where Derrick Rose was before he tore his ACL, obviously not the same, right? Um, you look at a guy like Zach Levine who just came back after about a year for the Bulls, and he's already dunking over people. So that's that's kind of something you point to and say, okay, uh, you know, poor thing is come back like that. It's just hard to, you know, to talk about what's going to happen to poor thing just because of the size and the freakish athleticism. You assume he'll be back just because that's where we are, but uh, not anything is guaranteed right now. Yeah, and, and that's, I think, the biggest point, Mike, is that you cannot – any longer rely on Porzingis to be the guy to take this franchise to the next level or the next several levels, I should say, because you don't know. He's never stayed healthy throughout the course of a season yet in his young career. This is a significant injury for a guy who's got, you know, 7'3 size anyway, and those legs have been an issue. So you don't know if he's going to come back. And when he does come back, if he does come back, he may have to change his style of play that, you know, kind of keeps him healthier throughout the course of the season. So the Knicks kind of need to, I, I don't think you could. Re- I think anything you get from Porzingis moving forward is gravy. They have to rely on the next two seasons. You hope top lottery picks that they get. I don't think that's true. I mean, look, you still have a guy who has, who is an all star, who has franchise level potential, has shown it at times. He's still only twenty two. Obviously, the age helps him when you're talking about uh, recovery projections from all of this. And you know, you look at like a Joel Embiid, who's gone through a bunch of issues uh, and has come back. Um, be an all-star level, franchise level player. Uh, I, I don't think you can just assume anything from him as Brady, but I think what you have to do is understand that the whole point of this, and even before he got hurt, you need to build around him, right? You need to get really good players around for things so he's not uh, being relied on to do everything and to, to hold up the burden of the entire organization by himself. And that's obviously more, more uh, prominent now than ever before because you do have a bunch of variables going forward. Yeah, and we're talking again with Mike Vorkanov of The Athletic uh, covering the New York Knicks uh, the day after Kristaps Porzingis done for the remainder of the season with a torn ACL. Uh, how will this affect you know the Knicks at the trade deadline? Who do you anticipate you know could be packing their bags as the Met, uh, the Knicks you know have to become sellers here? I listened to Scott Perry talk earlier today, and he doesn't seem like in the mood to just suddenly trade everything away. Um, him. You know, President Steve Mills, they put a lot into kind of being a, building a winning culture around the Knicks, which is something that's been absent for, I don't know, the last five years since that Mike Woodson team that won 54 games. And 
if you're investing in that, I mean, you're keeping guys like Courtney Lee. Um, you know, you're, you're keeping guys potentially like Kylo Quint. But, you know, you really have to ask yourself, okay, how do you maintain whatever respectability is this year? And what assets can you get going forward? You know, Billy Hernan Gomez, they traded away today for two second-round picks, essentially. Um, I, I don't know if that will be that big of a loss. He wasn't getting playing time. And, and they knew, they do need to build up that cachet of assets going forward. Courtney Lee, you can still trade away, you know, next summer, uh, next year if you need to. He's got two-plus years left on his deal, so it's not as if they're in some kind of hurry. Kyle Quinn can opt out this summer. Uh, Ennis Cantor can opt out this summer. So really, they have to ask themselves, how bad do we want to be? And, and you weigh that against, okay, we're trying to build and teach all these young guys like Tim Hardaway Jr. and Frank Nilakina what it's like uh, to win and to just play uh, in a way that you know can eventually lead to a postseason team here with the Knicks. And can you explain this Hernan Gomez deal where they get a couple of second round picks, a player that they've already waived, but? Uh, you know, this guy, maybe he could get some playing time with Porzingis now out and you can find out what you have. Why did the Knicks feel the need, especially the day after Porzingis goes down, to deal this guy? You know, I think that the internal evaluation on him was different than the external one from people like us, right? He obviously, he couldn't beat out Kyle Quinn for playing time and his cancer for playing time. He's a talented scorer for sure, but he's not a good defender and he hasn't been through his career. Uh, there was a bad fit there with Christoph Porzingis, and there's still a bad fit there playing alongside Ennis Cantor or Kylo Quinn. Um, you know, they got him with the 35th overall pick, and that's kind of the production you're hoping to get early to late in the second, early to mid in the second round. And so they trade him for two more second rounders, hoping they can hit again. So it's kind of a, like a circular uh, trade in that regard. But obviously, they feel like he's not a guy that has as much value going forward as, as we like to think because. In the NBA now, you don't need that many pigs. They have a roster uh, that's full of them at the moment. And if you can't play defense and you can't guard the rim as a center these days, it's really hard to get out on the floor unless you're also someone who can stretch yeah, uh, Mike, beyond the three-point line. I would understand that, Mike, normally. But in today's game, nobody plays any defense. And Willie Hernan Gomez was at least one player, as you said, had a specific skill set. The guy can score from down low. I mean, Kyle Quinn cannot score. Ennis Cantor's not going to be here long-term. So to trade a guy with potential who is a scorer, we, we saw that. Okay, We saw it in his limited time. They didn't give him any playing time. They trade him for two second-round picks that, that are, what, three years from now? Two, three years from now? I mean, what exactly is that going to do? It just nothing they do to me adds up whatsoever. I don't understand giving up on Hernan Gomez for two future second-round picks. I get what you're saying, and I think that the Hernan Gomez maybe has something more of like a psychic rage element for fans right now, uh, but if you look at the way the NBA is playing, who is playing a lot of centers who are post-up scorers, right? That's kind of going the way of uh, the old-school center here in the league. Now the modern center is someone who can guard the rim, which Hernan Gomez can do. It's someone who can Dies from the free throw line on down, which wasn't a strength for him. He's sure, for sure, he's a good scorer, but uh, utilize that. Are you willing to give him 10 shots a night? Are you able to make up for his defensive liabilities? And this is all part of the equation. Obviously, they would rather have the two second round picks, maybe in 2020, and I think 2021, and spend them accordingly. Is that a guarantee? No, but I don't think it's a it's, you know, bad trade to make. And obviously, if they could have gotten for, more for him, they would have. Mike Vorkanov, newly of The Athletic on the Knicks beat. And uh, you ready for this, Vork? I mean, you're just getting a taste right now. <laughs> Wait till Hornacek gets fired. You'll really be in for it. <laughs> Next few months, uh, they might be bleak. 
All right. Uh, and uh, give us everyone, give everyone the pitch on the athletic as far as uh, you know, checking out your coverage. Mark Kariggs could be covering the Knicks there. The the Mets beat reporter was just hired today, correct? Yeah, Tim Britton is going to come on over down from covering the Red Sox to cover the Mets for the Athletic. Mark Craig, old buddy of the show, uh, is going to cover the Yankees in baseball for us. And, you know, the, the whole thing with us is, look, no pop-up ads, no autoplay videos, just quality, and you pay the subscription price, and uh, you get the type of coverage and type of writing that's going to make it worth your money. And no uh, airport announcements in the background <laughs> once you're on the website there. Vork, uh, we always love you. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, Mike Borkinov uh, covering the Knicks for the Athletic. Picked me up a couple of times. Uh, Porzingis is height, and uh, Kareg, I said the Knicks he'd be covering. Of course, he's covering the Yankees. I just I don't know how I screwed that one up. But yeah, well. what a miserable night last night, huh? And and it, it, I started the question with this, but it, it was more you know the seventeen years, or you can go beyond that. But as frustrating as the Knicks have been for so long. There's never like a moment that you can pin to. Oh, this is where it all went wrong. And then last night happens, and and that's like one of the worst things that has happened to the Knicks in all these decades where they've been awful. Well, because they actually, not that they mattered um, this season, but the beginning of the season we all thought maybe this would be finally different. And maybe they'd have some staying power to be a 500 team, sneak into the postseason, build on something with the development of Porzingis in one all That became a joke over the last couple of weeks. Correct. That That was gone anyway, but... I don't know. At least it was gone for me. I didn't buy in, but Nick fans want to buy in and believe in Porzingis as an all-star. And then to have that happen, that type of injury, any injury with him is bad, but that type, forget it. And you could date back, and I was just thinking about this. I, I say 17 years because what was the year that they lost to the Raptors in the first round? Oh two, oh one or oh two, And then Van Gundy left. Really, since then, it well, has really, been, you know, the, the Spurs lost the finals. Well, all right, but still, they still made the playoffs the year after that. Yeah, they lost to the. I don't know if it was the, that year after that or the next year after that or two years later uh, after that finals Spurs loss, where they made the playoffs but lost to the Toronto Raptors and Vince Carter and I believe a young Tracy McGrady in the first round of the playoffs. And I remember being at that one of the games in that series, thinking to myself, "Wow, I can't believe the Knicks just lost to the Raptors in the first round." Knicks never. Mm-mm. They always made the playoffs and they never lost in the first round. Mm-hmm. And then shortly thereafter, Van Gundy quit, and he saw the writing on the wall, uh, on the wall clearly, and they were never the same. It's been the revolving door of head coaches and bad draft picks. And, I mean, you want to go with Michael Sweetney. You want to go with uh, Larry Brown as a head coach. You want to go with Isaiah Thomas, Phil Jackson, on and on and on. And aside from Donnie Walsh, who built something that had some stability mm-hmm. until eventually he was you know, had fed up coerced with into I mean, making the mellow deal and giving up all that they had built up in that time. They had one good year with Tyson Chandler and Mello and Lynn Sanity. And even that year, disappointed because they made it to the second round of the playoffs finally, but they yeah. lost to a Pacers team who they should have beat. And I don't care if you lose to the LeBron and the Heat. In the in the finals, Eastern Conference Finals, but you got to beat the Pacers and Roy Hibbert chewed up Tyson Chandler. So even in the one positive year in the last seventeen years, in, in you know the fifty four win season, I, I found that was negative. Well, one thing I think back on, remember Linsanity and how you had to watch the Knicks. Mm-hmm. It was must watch for the entire city for a couple of weeks there. And it feels like something we've been robbed of for so long where this is a baseball town first, of course, but the Knicks do resonate in this town in a way that they haven't been allowed to because they stink and people haven't had a reason to really embrace. And Porzingis is, 
you know, as close as we've had to a star player since Ewing to to get in on, and now his future, it's a huge question mark. Yeah, and it's, it's a big problem. They're going to have to, you know, I, I don't know at this point how you say after. Look, if they had five years in the last 17 or so that were really good, maybe you have some hope. I mean, they haven't been able to turn the corner. Other teams have been awful but turned it around way quicker than the Knicks for whatever reason, and I think it's, unfortunately, it starts with the ownership because yeah. they, think about this. When Donnie Walsh was there, not only were they building towards something, not only did they have success and get to the postseason, they, who was their head coach? They also had Mike D'Antoni. I mean, think about that. He was ahead of the curve, and people in this town hated him, myself included, because mm-hmm. he didn't play defense. The joke was Antony. There's no D in D'Antoni. Look at him now, running the Houston Rockets. Look at the way the league has evolved. So, so Walsh and D'Antoni were ahead of the game, and then Melo forced D'Antoni out, Dolan forced Walsh out, and here we are years later. But think of, too, it's another young star in New York. That is kind of taken away to some degree. Odell Beckham Jr., uh, you know, done for most right. of this past year. David Wright's career, where that's gone. Noah Syndergaard last season. Harvey. Matt Harvey in the past. Aaron Judge better uh, better take it easy. Yeah, you know, or, stay, or Stanton. Stay careful, yeah. Um, but uh, 800-321-0710. Uh, some final thoughts for you when we come back. Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy, Sal Akata on The Voice of New York, 710-WOR. We're back in the WOR Sports Zone. Here's Pete McCarthy and guest co-host Sal Licata. Pitchers and catchers report for the Mets in one week. I think the most interesting player that will be at spring training for the New York Mets is Dominic Smith. Hmm. And a very positive report today from Ken Davidoff of the New York Post actually worked out with Dom Smith, and I guess they got him pretty good. But Smith's lost 30 pounds since the end of last year. 30 pounds? What was he weighing in at? I mean, we know he's overweight. He's down to 225, 224, Jesus. according to the article. So, yes, he, he put on a lot of weight last year. Now, remember, Dom, lost, guy. Dom lost a lot of weight last offseason. And put it back on once he ended up down at AAA Las Vegas. That's something that he's going to have to avoid because there's a good chance yeah. he's again going to start the season at AAA Las Vegas. Look, he's got to go out there and produce. And I think it's his job and focus. And you wonder why it takes, you know, he should have not been 30 pounds overweight to begin with. But it is his job to make their decision as difficult as possible. Go out there in spring training. He's already got himself in shape, apparently. Go out there and perform. I mean, go hit 350. Go hit with some pop in spring training. I know it's still spring training, but all he can do is the most he can do and make that decision difficult on him uh, You know, regarding himself or Adrian Gonzalez. I'd love to see him do that. I'd love to see him wrestle the job away from Adrian Gonzalez. I think it would be real tough for Dom Smith to pull off, but I hope he plays to that level. And How? and he could grab that job because I don't want to see Adrian Gonzalez with back injuries in his mid thirties. How long? See a kid get How an long? Opportunity. How, let's say Smith. Either way, even if Smith hits four hundred, he's not starting the season with the Mets. It's going to be Gonzalez. But how long? of a leash do you think they give Gonzalez combined with let's assume Smith is producing in AAA and Gonzalez is struggling how long it goes I hope it's a month and no longer than that I hope Dom Smith gets a a real good chance at that job now if he doesn't perform Adrian Gonzalez is the guy and I won't say anything about it but I think if you're a Mets fan you want to root for this kid you want to see Dom Smith have success he's got a higher ceiling he's still uh he's still a prospect you know right now is as good as it gets for you 
You are about to embark <laughs> on a honeymoon, a two-plus-week journey. Is that accurate? That or is, is it exactly? That is accurate, yeah, two weeks. Yeah, a I, lot of time on planes. This is as, this is as good as it gets. This is, uh, this is a good feeling right You'll now. You'll be missed, but go enjoy it. Don't worry about Twitter or sports. We'll have <laughs> on the fort for you, and when you come back, looking forward to doing the shows with you. And it's, Sal's going to be holding it down. You'll have him for the next 11 shows uh, in the next two weeks. So I don't know fun, if I can sir. handle this. I like it in a minimized <laughs> role, but 11 straight. Uh, big thanks, Todd Frazier, Sandy Alderson, Mike Vorkanov joining us on the show. Seven. 10WOR.com. If you missed anything for Joba Boots Kersey, Mark Wiener, Salicata, I'm Pete McCarthy. Take care. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.